The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. Welcome back to the Mention the Machine podcast. This is going to be episode four. Today we're talking financial tactics. We've got a couple of book recommendations for you guys. Uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Or Sethi. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon. I don't remember who the author is for that. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I also don't remember the name of the author for that because I'm ill-prepared. And uh, Total Money Makeover from Dave Ramsey. I think I know your favorite book in this on this list. Which one's my favorite? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Totally long money makeover because you know how to say the guy's name. Yeah, that's because I'm reading it currently. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just binged I'll Teach You to Be Rich in about three days. Was it the revised edition? Yes, the 20, 20, uh, 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. version. Yeah, I bought that one and then I donated my previous version to one of those free libraries that are around the neighborhood here. Mm. I did Rich's Man in Babylon a few years ago. I did Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, two or three months ago. So the only yeah. I haven't looked at is total money makeover. So yeah, they're they're different perspectives. Like um, total money makeover is kind of if you if you find yourself in, in in debt or have a problem with your money and how how to get out of it basically, um, which brings us to our first our first point here. So where did you learn about finances, Joel? Uh, home ec, I think parents slightly. Yeah, for me it was uh, parents, and they were they weren't very good with their finances. So I had a lot of money problems that I'm still resolving, and bad habits and things like that that you don't realize how deep they go until you start trying to work through them and the way you think about money, and you start to realize uh, what you've been doing wrong all these years. I'm going to say though, <clears throat> if I had it all start over again, I wish someone would give me the book. I will teach you how to be rich. Yeah, my my perspective is that. I will te- teach you to be rich. Should be a book that's given in high school, or as soon as somebody gets their first job, basically. Because then it's like it, it t- walks you through six steps to setting up things appro- appro- appropriately, so that you won't really have to do too much. I think they call it the finance ladder. Yeah, I believe that's right. Um, yeah, I think that's a great one. I think Rich Dad Poor Dad is also a good one to give to younger people, just because it talks about. The, the benefit of creating assets instead of liabilities with your money. Um, just like Neville was talking about. Um, yeah, Richest Man in Babylon is just a kind of a story that talks about why you should save and why you should pay yourself and all that stuff. And Total Money Makeover, again, like I said, is about uh, if you find yourself in some sort of financial trouble, how to, how to conquer that and get out of debt and set yourself up back the right way. That and I will teach you to be rich together or a one-two punch. So the first thing, yeah, the first thing is to get your house in order. Yeah, so you gotta, you know, you gotta find out where your money's going. Um, a lot of people they just live paycheck to paycheck, but they don't know where each dollar, where each cent goes, and that's kind of uh, it's kind of a bad thing. I mean, I would say that's a very bad thing because what the hell are you working for if you don't know where your money's going? Yep. Uh, there's a lot of budgeting tools that are out there. Um, Ramit talks about a couple. Um, you need a budget. Oh, I can't read the other ones now. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of cool stuff out there. Like there's Nerd Wallet. Um, I, I'm using uh, Every Dollar currently. Um, there's other financial stuff out there too. Like Mint. Mint is 
good for tracking where your money's been going. Mm-hmm. You said Mint kind of went, went uh, down the wayside once quick and bought it. Yeah, I, I feel that too. But I think if you want like a snapshot of where your money is, that's mm-hmm. a good thing to, to run for like a month or two just to see. I like that it shows you the trends in a nice pie graph form. So you can see like, oh, you know, I'm spending too much money on uh, whatever. Whatever you're buying that month, socks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, but so another good way to get your money back in track is to set up the envelope system for yourself where you say this is the amount of money that I'm going to budget for this tax for this expense and then you only spend what's in that envelope so if you want to go out and uh, eat fast food or something and you have no money in your fast food money wallet then you uh, or your envelope then you don't you don't eat fast food um one of the things i do is i actually have uh, capital 360 it used to be ing and i make different savings accounts for different stuff like i have a oh crap fund i got a car fund i have a vacation fund i keep funneling money into it yeah somebody somebody pointed out to me um it's kind of stupid because you know Christmas comes every year at the same time. So mm-hmm. why aren't you just setting up a savings account that takes you know twenty five dollars a pay and just sticks it in there every every paycheck? So at the end of the year you don't have to use your credit cards or anything. Mm-hmm. The other uh, couple months ago, I wanted a uh, I wanted a producer credit on a podcast, and I decided that I wanted to uh, donate for the one thousand three hundred thirty seven episode. And um, I figured out he did nine dollars an episode, nine dollars per episode period to do it. So I did, and it slowly took it out. I'm like, oh, didn't even notice the money was gone. Nope, gee, it's basically like taxing yourself mm-hmm. since you get uh, the taxes taken out before you actually get to see your money. Yeah. So what what do you think about having a basic money script? Like uh, Ramit talks about how how you spend your next one hundred dollars, and he talks about his system is he'll do sixty dollars towards debt, twenty dollars towards savings, and then twenty dollars towards fund money. Yeah, I, like I said, I just got done through the book and listening all the percentages and stuff, and like those systems look like a good idea because, like I said, every hundred dollars it's already allocated because it's oh, what's one thing that is oh, like all this money, what am I going to do with it? But if you actually have a plan for it then it actually runs a lot better. Yeah, instead of treating money as just some unknown, it's like, you know, you know, I mean, it's weird because money has a psychological aspect to it, of course, but it's also ones and zeros. It's a, You should be able to be logical about it to some degree, and that's where the, the, the fun money part comes in. So you're not just depriving yourself if you get $100, but you're also making sure you're taking care of your pre-planned. Uh, yeah, but, he also <laughs> said, like, if you, let's say, let's, figure, yeah. let's say you get a bonus at work. Well, just spend fifty percent of it, just to not just go go crazy and put the other fifty percent where it's supposed to go, which I thought was a really good idea too. Like he also talks about automating your your account so that they just work together and do everything for you. Right. Like you don't have to bother looking for looking. To, you have one account that you have all your fun money in, and it just gets funneled. And like, oh, well, here's the fun money, and and then you have another account for just paying bills, and it's like, oh, that's already taken care of. Yeah, um, my wife and I, we have a separate account for, for bills, and we just put our bill money in there, and then she's got her money to play with, and I got my money to play with separately. Um, it's worked, it worked really well. <clears throat> my Again, going back to, like, I will teach you to be rich should be given to kids in high school. It's because if you're down the road too far, sometimes setting up those systems seems like it's going to be really difficult because mm-hmm. he wants you to do things like pay off your credit cards in full every month, and you might not be able to do that yet. Yeah. But then again, later on, he does talk about getting out of debt. Which is our next topic? Mm-hmm. Good debt versus bad debt. So there, I don't, I don't believe there's any such thing as good debt. I mean, people like to say student loans and a mortgage are good debt, but I think you're still, you're still giving yourself a master that you don't need. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you're probably going to have a mortgage because you're going to want to buy property, but it's, the, the goal should still be the same as credit cards, and that's to get rid of that as soon as possible. Yeah, one thing he or Matt talks a lot about is saving for stuff. Like, he wants you to create money, um, investment accounts, and so forth. But so if you don't have the money, make it a saving goal. Once you hit that goal, put the money in and then keep going. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like uh, one of the things, the first things in total money makeover is to have $100,000 cash for emergency expenses on hand. How much? 1000 Oh, they said $100,000, Mike. No, no, no. Uh, $100,000 cash, and then he wants you to start paying down your debts. Mm. That $1,000 cash is so you don't accidentally use your credit card for don't Not accidentally, but don't use your credit card for something that happens, such as yeah. like, uh, oh, uh, your engine blows or something. You, mm-hmm. you go to the cash first. Yeah. It's, it's a nice cushion to have. Um, yeah, but yeah, I still, there's no such thing as good debt. It's not a, I think it's a fallacy. It's good debt if it's owed to you. Oh, no, no, I want my money. <laughs> it's good debt if I set up terms where I'm getting an interest rate on that, the longer you hold on to that debt. But then I become a bank, and we, we, don't, uh, we don't like the banks. No, we don't like the banks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, credit cards credit cards are bad. They're, uh, especially those in-store ones, stay away from them because they have the highest interest rates that you can imagine. And they, uh, I get tired of being pitched by a clerk at a Target to save, like, 10% on something. But you know why they're doing that, don't you? Because they get a commission on there, they want your data so they can figure out when you're pregnant. Oh yeah, they, well, I thought they could already figure that out. I thought they yeah, were but, able to but detect the credit, before the, cre- the lady knew. Yeah, but the credit card actually helps them tie all that together. Oh, because if, if you're paying in cash, they can't track you. But if you're using the card all the time because you're getting your ten percent cash back, then they they've got that that, that marker. Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's right because I was for some reason I was thinking Target was one of those places that had like the like the Advantage card from Giant Eagle or something. Well, they have the red card. That. They they have the red card, but to seal the deal, get you on a credit card. Uh-huh. Two birds, one stone. Uh, see, comedian Bill Burr, he hates all those little savings cards. He's like, I'm not carrying that shit in my wallet everywhere I go. It's like, how, I'm not saving a dollar with this, so you can just have all my information. <laughs> well, John C. DeVorg always says, just ask for the one behind the register, because there's always one there, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. they usually have one that they can just scan. Or just go in there and sign up for a new one each time. <laughs> Snowball effect versus uh, higher APR target. Yeah, so that goes into paying off your debt. Um, it's another thing from the... There, there's two basic methods that are always recommended for paying off your debt. There's the snowball method, and there's the higher APR target method. Higher APR target method saves you money in the long run. If you're very, very strict about it, you pick whichever of your debt is has the highest interest rate, and you pay that off one first, because otherwise you're just kind of giving money away or throwing money back to the bank, because um, it's not it's not bringing down your, your debt any faster. But with the snowball method, it's got a psychological advantage where you pick your debt that is the, the least amount, and you pay off that one first. Then you reallocate your funds to the next higher and the next higher and the next higher. I'm a fan of the snowball method personally, but higher APR, I can see why people would do that. And I mean, yeah. I'd be like, if you could pay off your... Uh, you'd, Pay off your your highest credit card first, and then worry about the longer ones later. But it might take a little longer to get out of debt that way. But once you get out of the debt, it's so great. Yeah, to be debt free again, like when we were kids. Remember? Yeah, I remember those, those days. <laughs> no debt, no money. Yep. Not a cell phone anywhere. <laughs> So once you get out of debt, you start saving some money. And that's that's where it really becomes, the, that's where you really start to see some things. Because, I mean, if you ever look at your paycheck and you think, wow, where the hell is all my money go? Savings is where you start to see the, 
the return on that. And like we already touched on the idea of having a thousand dollars cash for emergencies. And I think that anybody should have that, even if you don't have any debt or you're not doing the total moneymaker, just to have that because you might not you might not be able to find an ATM. Other nice things to think about with savings is like um, there's there's different places to save your money, and I haven't gone into detail on all of those yet. I know that there's savings accounts that are out there, but their rate of return is usually not not as good as it used to be. Basically, if you're not putting your money into what is it called? Roth IRAs, 401ks, um, not mutual funds. There's another one, index funds. Mm-hmm. You're not getting, you're not beating the interest rate of, not you're not beating the inflation rate really. Right. So your money's basically rotting. And that's why saving in the Capital One thing for things that you want to buy makes more sense because you're saving your savings are temporary for those things. Mm-hmm. But you you don't want to just save money to save money. You want to invest your money so it becomes an asset and it starts earning money for you. Mm-hmm. Basically, the one thing they were talking about, which I didn't really realize, was the goal is to get like. And a, a set amount of money in, in, um, in the market or whatever, and then just letting off the interest. Yep, that's that's the, the nice way. There was a clip from some movie I saw where the guy it was a, um, you might know the movie. It was Mark Wahlberg and uh, John Goodman. Mark Wahlberg was some sort of gambler. Okay. And he was talking. John Goodman was talking to him about how how much he's been up at one point, and uh, Mark Wahlberg said he's been up like two and a half million or something, mm-hmm. and then he. he put it back into the casino or whatever, and John Goodman called him and asked for it. He's like, that's that's your fuck you money. He said, you put that money in a bank, you buy a house with a, you buy a nice car, you buy a house with a 25-year roof, and then you just sit on it and live off the interest on it because that's your fuck you money to any employer you have or anybody else. You just don't, don't touch that. We all want fuck you money. Yeah. So, and touching you touched on uh, Roth IRAs and 401ks. One of the best pieces of financial advice I got was I had a a boss that forced me to to get involved in the employer funded uh, 401k retirement fund because basically if they're doing a three percent match or or whatever they're doing nowadays and you don't at least accept that much, you're you're throwing away money, throwing away free money. Yeah, that's one thing they kept beating in the book about. The putting money into the Roth into the four hundred one k. My big thing was I wasn't a full time. Well, according to the four hundred one k, I wasn't. I wasn't getting full. I was getting like five percent or twenty five percent of the match. Now I get a hundred percent match. So next year I'm going to put more money into my into my four hundred one k. Yeah, one of the the nice tricks that somebody told me also about that is um every year you get like a 3% cost of living raise mm-hmm. like standard so you take you just increase 1% more into your 401k and then you take that 2% raise and you still got a raise mm-hmm. but that you also increased your retirement savings yeah and it's sneaky cuz you don't even realize it's happening and then you'll eventually hit i think it's the what is it 22% is the maximum mm-hmm. at least for our age i don't know it might be i think when you get up to like your 50s you can do 60% which is outlandish yeah and then assets, assets, assets. Assets. How to create assets, Joel. Right. Well, as we said last week, you can't. Uh, oh, I lost a quote. The <laughs> money, the money for time. You can't. You can't run out your money. You can't run your time to make money. Yeah, you won't. You won't get rich renting out your time. Yes, so you got to create assets that work for you while you're in, you're not while you're sleeping. Basically, that's uh, people that do things like uh you know, they write ebooks and things like that. So those are assets that are working when they're not. And I think everyone wants the idea of passive income, but there's a upfront 
effort to making that passive income. And I think the, but I think the nice thing about it is creating multiple streams of income is kind of fun and it becomes a little addictive because you can say, okay, I've got this little stream of income over here. Can I put it towards what thing? So you can say, you know, this, this income coming in from this is my Christmas savings, for instance. I'm in the process of building a couple of those right now. So we'll see how that turns out in the next month or two. Yeah, it's fun. Fun fun to create little assets. It's fun to produce. Like like the one of the goals of the Mention the Machine podcast is to to pr- produce some stuff instead of just consume because we, we consume a lot. I mean, we have yeah. got, we've got four books we're talking about here that we took information from, plus whatever books and blogs and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it's just taking all this information and putting it somewhere so someone else can benefit from it. Yep, yep. And... uh. Yeah, financial tactics. It's one of those things that is the mo- one of the most rewarding things you can do for yourself is to start understanding how money works. And then you won't feel such a victim of the system because you'll understand how the system works and why the system works the way it does. Mm-hmm. Like one thing Rumi talks about is all these people talk about once you start doing stuff with money, people start like giving you advice. And usually it's bad advice. And how, like, oh, well, you should be using this tax loophole and this and that. He goes, I've researched all these things. They're not loopholes. It's just tax things. And some things people are doing are really shady and they don't work. Like, avoid financial advisors because they're actually just making money off of you. Hmm. You can do all this stuff yourself. And he teaches you how to, like, how to make that, how to do some retirement stuff. And if you want to get really crazy, you can start managing it yourself once you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think there's there's value in learning. The more, obviously, the more you know, the better off you are. Um there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Like, I, I was looking at my my pay stuff, and I had to f- figure out what the taxes were that were being withheld and everything else because it gets a little it gets a little crazy. You start looking, at it, you're like, why the hell is all this money going? This is yeah. not even mine. Well, like I looked at my paycheck the, uh, earlier, and I was like, I never, I don't, I always look at the net. I don't look at the gross. I'm like, where's this thousand dollars going? Oh yeah, taxes, medicine, a medical care, uh-huh. and then all this other stuff. I'm like, four hundred one k. I'm like. You make it an extra thousand, two thousand dollars a pay a month, but yet I don't. Yeah, I, I, I keep meaning to look it up. I want to know when, when the government, when, when an employer started taking the taxes out of your che- check for you versus when you had to write a check to them, because I think that was a sneaky fucking tactic when they did that. I wasn't aware of that. I know you can you can claim zero to pay, you can claim zero anything and then pay it later. Yeah, but I still think they take something out of there. It's. I don't think you can just say I'm not paying taxes, which I, th- I thought we went to war for that. <laughs> but, well, according to Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, they're saying that no, I'm sorry, it wasn't that. It was political orphanage. They said that taxing was ba- was basically started so that like they could pay for some things, and they, they were only taxing the rich, and then they started taxing everybody, and then they got a taste for it, and they keep them doing more taxes. Yeah, I forget. I, there was something that. Somebody told me about why they started taxing everyone, and I forget. It was like a they they needed to do it, and it was like it became sneaky, like you said. It became like something yeah. they got addicted to doing, and I I'm just sick of it because it's like all right, we we have a pen dot here, and mm. they get their their budget every year, mm. and if they don't use part of their budget, they don't get the same amount next year. So they make shitty roads, and they do these shitty projects, mm-hmm. and then it's like. It just it, it so it's like they're never gonna they're never gonna lower your taxes. Nope. I I, I pay for uh, school taxes for where I live, and I don't even have a kid in school. But I I could consider that's probably for the past because I don't want dumb people running around when I'm you know, oh, an old man. They'll still be running around. You're an old man. Don't yeah, worry. man. Hopefully, less of them. 
No, no. Toby, have you ever seen Idiocracy? Of, of course. Hey, get away from my junk. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. <laughs> Plants need them. <laughs> well, if this is going to be a short episode, Dave will be happy. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we cracked out a, an hour one last time. So. Yeah, so. I mean, we can still talk some money stuff. It's uh, But those, those are kind of the, the key points to touch on this time. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the... Yeah, de- definitely, definitely money's a topic that every time it comes around in some other way and I dive deeper into it, I, I feel rewarded. Things start to get more on track. And See, for me, the more I learn about taxes and government and how things work, the angrier I get. I'm like, I understand why anarchy, anarchists want to be anarchists now. Yeah, the problem with anarchists is they're running around, these days they're running around in uh, clothes bought with their mom's credit card. Yeah. Posting from their iPhone and talking exactly. about tear down the system. It's like, you are the system, fool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more you learn, the more you understand, and the more comfortable life gets. But whatever. Yeah, the more you know. Ding. I guess that's the end of this episode. All right. I'm well, let you off the hook this week, but next week you better have something something personal. Well, I think uh, I think next next topic we'll probably hit on. Maybe, maybe we'll do. What do you think? Want to do some stoicism? Stoicism. Sure. Hit on that. We didn't. We've talked briefly about that, but we haven't gone in depth. And cue the outro music. Laters. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit thementionthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412 294 8557.